I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Sound Podcast. Joining me today is Katie McLaughlin, a very special guest. Today, we're going to have that conversation about perseverance, about coming back, about having that swimming grit. She is an Olympic medalist. She's a world champion. She has 11 international medals, one at major competitions. She's a swim pro. She swims for LA Current, International Swimming League's big gangbusters franchise. And uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't interviewed you ever. I can't believe it. But I'm glad that we have this moment now. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm so excited. I know. I feel like it's about time, you know, like we can sit down and talk a little swimming. And yeah, I'm super excited. time in in the editorial room at swim swam when it's like you were always always and you were like everybody's favorite athlete they're like and that will so we'll get to those moments and we'll get to the rising and falling and everything you went through because i want to i want to piece apart all of that stuff the uh can we go back to the beginning let's go you know your, your mom swam uh sprint free fly at usc your dad was a was a football player at indiana state is that correct that is and correct. Yeah. You started swimming at nine, but you, you, you participated in a lot of sports. What was, what was the household like in, in your home? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, both my parents being athletes, like being active and taking part in sports is always super, super important. And I have a younger brother also, and my parents always encourage us to, you know, try everything and, go be on a team, play soccer, run track, do volleyball, go do cheerleading, go do whatever. And just kind of, you know, not really, I never narrowed my focus of sports until high school. I was like still playing soccer and volleyball till then. And my parents were super, super encouraging and, you know, wanted me to just have fun and, you know, be all around a good athlete instead of just kind of pigeonhole. Um, super, super young. So yeah, that's kind of what my household was like. We were always on the move. Someone had practice, someone had a game. We were always kind of, you know, at sporting events and practice and stuff. So yeah. Were you, when you were doing all the other sports, were you only doing singles? Were you, did you take time off of, of, from swimming? I mean, how did that work? Uh, the way it kind of worked was my practices didn't like conflict. So I was still pretty young. So I was just doing singles. Um, in middle school, I remember going from like swim practice to soccer practice right after school. Um, and my mom, like, I remember her packing me like soup and like different things and snacks. And like, I was al always on the move, like getting my homework done between practices. Cause you know, the deal was always like, you got to do your, get your schoolwork done um, in order to go to practice. And I did like school, but I loved practice. Um, so yeah. So, but, but singles when you were, and you were young, did you do doubles? Did you, uh, I didn't start doing doubles till probably seventh or eighth grade. And when I was in seventh and eighth grade, we had like a dry land double type situation. It was kind of like a challenge dry land in the mornings before school. Uh, so when I was like playing soccer and volleyball, I wasn't swimming twice and playing like I would do mate, like maybe on a crazy day, I would have like 
dry land in the morning and then a swim and volleyball later something like that but yeah tip I started like double swimming in high school I think I started with three days a week maybe in high in like my freshman year and then went up to four the last three years of um high school so yeah I talk to a lot of elites and they'll you know every not everyone has this experience but when they do it seems like they're they're just well-rounded and they're uh they don't they don't hit it till later they hit it in high school really rowdy Gaines didn't start really swimming until high school mapiandi another cow golden bear he you know he didn't he wasn't swimming seriously until high school, but uh, do you think that helped you in terms of, you know, having the mental fortitude to, to, to burn through college and into your elite career? Yeah, for sure. I think like, I feel pretty lucky that when I did only focus on swimming, I was, you know, in high school and I didn't have the pressure of swimming that had been built up since I was five or whatever. Um, Yeah. And I think it was like, everything was kind of new that I got to only be a swimmer. And so that was really exciting. Whereas, you know, as a 14 or 15 year old girl, that's kind of when, you know, your social life starts to pick up and different things start making, uh, made a lot of some of my peers, maybe not necessarily want to go to practice and stuff, but that was kind of like a fresh, like, finally, I get to like only swim. Like, this is super exciting. And I think that's kind of, what I still am trying to channel now is like that exciting and fun bit and like always trying to learn and stuff like that. And I think that has helped me have a long career and made me like grateful. I feel like I started my career, like pretty grateful for the sport. So, yeah. Was there ever a chance that it's like, Oh, we're not going to swim. Volleyball might be the path. Was it, was, was that ever a danger that we would lose you? No, I don't think so. I did. If I didn't swim, I would definitely be a soccer player. I love that. Um, but no, I always like wanted to only swim. That was like when I was young, I did summer league and I would beg my mom, like, please, can I do year round? Please. Like when I was six, when I was seven, when I was eight, I was like, I want to keep doing this. And she's like, no, we got to try other things. Like you're young. And I'm really grateful for that now, but definitely seven-year-old Katie was like, oh, my mom like won't let me only swim and seven-year-old Katie didn't know anything. So other than that, that I love the pool, which is important, but no, I always knew swimming was going to be it. And the other things were just fun. Cause I had like friends that I played soccer with for all these years and that kind of stuff. And I played volleyball at school. So like mostly like it was a social thing. I loved like the team atmosphere and stuff, but swimming was always it. It sounds like your mother was a very wise woman. She had, of course, she had that the, the USC experience, so she she knew what it was like to swim D one. Did did your your dad was a football player? You know, did the who did you who did you lean on? Who was who was the parent that was like super engaged and just understood it? With I I wouldn't be surprised if you said dad, but you know your mom your mom was an elite. She was D one swimmer. Yeah, I don't know. I think both of them. My mom does a really good job of not being like a parent coach, especially as I got into like high school and stuff. Like after meets, I used to be like, mom, what'd you think about that? Like, or if I had a bad race, I'd be like, well, what'd you think mom? And they never wanted to like coach me or anything like that. Very good about just like 
me being happy and making sure that I was, they weren't ever hard on me, but they would definitely make sure that like I was disciplined and like, not just kind of staying up till 2am. They'd be like, okay, you got to go to bed, like practice, you know, like gently supporting me instead of like, oh, well I swam and this is what I did in high school and you're not doing that. So, you know, they're both, both really, really good swim parents. I'm lucky for sure. You know, it seems like that's a common denominator with elite athletes. It's like they have the right parents, um, parents who kind of understand how to nudge you along without pushing you too much. Um, do you feel like your parents, did they, you know, in, in terms of pressure, did you ever feel pressure from them or was it just like, this is your career? You do what you got to do. No, I never did. And I, I remember like some of my peers in high school used to like make deals with their parents. Like if I go a best time, like I get this. And I always used to try and cut those with my parents to be like, okay, so like if I get a best time, like what do I get? And they'd be like a high five. And I'd be like, no, like, you know, so I think like in the moment I was definitely like, come on, I'm trying to like get a little cash or something. I don't know, but um, no, they never really pushed me in any way like that. They just kind of, you know, supported me. And I think at least how I, I feel like they are just excited if I'm happy with my swimming. So, yeah. You really started to hit it, started to move in 2013. Were you 16 at that time? Yes. I was born in 97. So I want to say that was 16. Yeah. 16 yeah. that summer. Yeah. Yeah. Four medals, one, you know, gold, 200 butterfly, four by two relay bronze on the free, free relay in the, in the mixed medley. Uh, world juniors is, is a big deal. Junior people don't, people discount junior championships, but it's like that first dip of, you know, dipping your toe in the water of, of international competition. Was that your first international competition? Yeah, mm -hmm, that was, that was, was it. it. Yeah. It, it, those are cool because like, I mean, looking back now, that team in 2013, there were so many people on that team that are like still around and still swimming. Like, I mean, it is like, really a good, good experience. And I'm, yeah, I made so many friends on that trip that are like some of my best friends now. So it's really cool. You had, you're rising fast, but you know, within the next year, you're on the a national team pan packs, you take home a bronze and the 200 butterfly. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, did, did when you're up from going from a junior team to the senior team, did you, did you feel like you had made it? Did you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. I think so. I also feel like at that time, I didn't really fully realize like where swimming could like take me. Like I remember at world trials in 2013, I got third in the 200 fly. And before that meet, like Chloe Sutton was on my team at Mission Viejo and she was training with me. And I remember traveling to Indy, which is where that meet was. And Chloe was like, you could make worlds in the two fly. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Like, no, I can't. Like I'm 15 or 16 or whatever. Like definitely can't do that. And I remember getting third and being like, oh my gosh, thank God. Like I cannot go travel with all those people. Like I don't, who would I talk to, you know? So I think by the time 2014 came, I was like, okay, 
I feel like I dipped my toe in the international water a little in 2013 at junior worlds. Like now I'm like, okay, I can do this. I have, I know a couple more people feeling a little more confident. I don't think I was ever like, I'm an adult now. Cause I definitely remember on that trip, Kathleen Baker and I, that was both our first trip. And we like stuck together and no one could break us apart because we were so terrified of everyone because everyone was nice. Like, look, we all talk about it now. Like Kathleen and I on the plane, were like right next to Beisel. And we remember Kathleen and I remember her, like not really on an international flight. You're not going to be like chatting. And we remember her like going to sleep immediately. And we're like, she hates us. Everyone hates us. And that's just not it. So yeah, I don't think I definitely, I don't think I felt like I made it, but I was excited and ready. I think. Those older athletes are true pros. <clears throat> they put their headphones on, their earbuds in, they're out. It's yeah, um, exactly. It's intimidating. And we were like, she doesn't want to like talk to us, and she didn't even remember. She was like, "No, you guys are so cool. Like, I, of course I liked you. Like, what? You guys are crazy." So yeah, she handled it well. We we're all on great terms now. So. <laughs> I was 17 on, on one of my earlier trips. And I remember I wanted to be friends with everybody so badly. And I would try to, I would always, my dad would give me jokes and I would go and tell jokes to Mappiondi or Tom Jager, who were our team captains. And they'd, they'd be uh, like, Mel, shut up. What, what's the punchline? <laughs> what's the punch? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, you were, you probably weren't nearly as awkward. You're much cooler when you were younger. <laughs> I was definitely very, very quiet, but. Might have been that, that was the smart move. That's a smart move just to be quiet. By by 2015 <laughs> World Championships, you're six in the 200 fly, but you put up a great swim, 206, and you won gold in the four by two. And it's uh, this is that year where you start to feel the pressure and uh, coming up on trials. Where was your head at at that point in time? Yeah, that meet was really cool. I think after that relay, especially, I was just so excited. And I was like, okay, we're coming up on the Olympic year. Like that was super awesome. I was, I want, I need to do that again. Like kind of just like wanting more. And I felt really excited for the next year. And I honestly felt really confident leading into 2016. And, you know, I was going into my freshman year at Cal too, which was really exciting getting to like, you know, get to Cal and learn new things and learn a new way to be fast. And I was like, okay, everything's kind of lining up. Like I have all these tools that coach Rose has given me and all my age group coaches. And now I'm going to like go get more leading into the Olympic year. So yeah. And, and it being at that age <laughs> and having that success that, 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 cause you know, by the time you're rolling into 2016 trials, you, you have, you have so much international competition under your belt. Um, we were really excited about you in the editorial room at, at Swim Sam. You were, you were, you know, you were among the, everybody that were profiling, were building out uh, your your bios, and uh, it was a dramatic moment when we when we found out when we got the news of what happened at the training camp in Hawaii. What yeah. happened? Can 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 you unpack it for us here? Because it's um, I, I don't know. It, it, I make, I, I, I hate asking the question because I feel like you might have some complex trauma or some PTSD around it. It's uh, what happened. Yeah, no, I'm definitely like comfortable with it now. I think if I think about it too hard, it's a little like, I sometimes forget what happened in my injury, but 
Yeah, we were in Hawaii training. Um, we were at the beach and I was like running into the ocean uh, to go like do a quick swim. Like we were kind of just running in, practicing, like getting into the water and going. And I just didn't, I guess, see, I don't know. I don't really know exactly what happened, but I ran in and just went head first into the sand. Um, and in the moment, I was like, oh, my neck hurts. Like, this is crazy. But that was like the last thing we did in practice. So, or like kind of the last thing, last thing I did for sure. But I was the last, like, we were finishing up what we were doing and we were all going to like huddle together. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to brush it off. Terry's telling us what we're doing next. Like take a couple deep breaths, whatever. And yeah, I just felt like I could walk, I could talk, I could breathe I could do everything but I just felt really like my neck was really really stiff and I tried to walk it off Terry told us what we're doing next I got back in the water went to go swim and I went to breathe and like I don't even my body I don't even know if it was my mind telling me not to but my body was just like we are not doing this and I stood up and just walked out of the water and I'm like I something's wrong something is wrong so yeah, it ended up something was wrong. We, uh, it must have been very to- scary. Yeah, it was pretty scary. I think in the moment, I wasn't necessarily too scared. I think in the moment, I was more just like, oh, great. Like, this isn't fun. Like, this is pretty painful, but I didn't know much about like neck injuries or like spinal cord injuries or anything like that. So I didn't really realize how bad it could have been. I remember calling my parents and telling them like, Hey, just so you know, I like dove in and hit my head and like my neck hurts pretty bad, but I'm going to urgent care. I remember my parents being like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, no, but we're good. You know, I was like, I probably like hurt myself, but that was not the best way to tell them that news. Maybe. Well, actually, I don't know what would have been the best way, but, um, yeah, I ended up getting a CT scan, uh, that day. And I fractured my C6 vertebrae. Um, yeah, which was pretty crazy, honestly, because yeah, breaking your neck is such like a funny term. I feel like, like, that's always like a, Oh, I don't know. It's just like, I never thought that would like, how could that happen to someone? But there I was. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not, there's really not a great way to tell you. There's no other way. How, how do you tell your parents that? God, if my daughter told me that I would, I would, I would lose my mind. It's uh, yeah. Just, and I was like, in Hawaii and like, they were just like, what are we? My mom's like, do I fly out? I was like, Oh, I'm good. Like, don't worry. I will eh, debatable, but yeah, I don't know. There was really no good way to tell them, but yeah. When did the the gravity of what had happened land? When did when did it hit you? Was it uh, was it when you were did they did they drill spikes into your skull and 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 hold your your spine in place? Wait wait. <laughs> oh, I think like when I got my CT, I like got my CT scan and then went back to the waiting room to like wait for the results or whatever. And they had given me like a little neck brace to wear, just because I guess that's what they do. 
but I, they were like, do you need this? And I was like, I don't know. Like if I don't move, like I'm kind of fine, but I was like, I'll just wear it, whatever. No one's can see me. I'll take it off when I'm done. You know, that kind of thing. And then after my CT came back, all these doctors like rushed to the waiting room and they like put me on a stretcher and rushed me to trauma. And I was like, hold up. That's when I was kind of like, okay, something is different than if I just broke my arm or my leg or something like that. Like I'm being rushed to trauma and all these doctors kept like storming in like one after another in the like trauma room, like thinking that it was like a big emergency, which it, I mean, I guess it was, but I was like, okay, there was nothing they needed to do. I guess I just needed to be like monitored and they asked me if I could feel my like hands and feet and if I can control my bladder and all that stuff. I answered those questions like every 20 minutes it felt like. Um, and they just kind of watched me for a little. And then I was kind of like, this is less chill than if I just had like whiplash maybe, which I thought, I don't know how whiplash hitting your head. I don't know. But yeah, that was kind of when I was like, this probably is scary. And now I regret telling my parents just a casual my neck hurts and I hit my head. So, yeah. Um, tell me about the recovery process, because at, at a certain point in your mind, you're thinking trials are going to be here. I'm going to blink and trials are, are, are going to be here. And I, and I now have to recover. When, yeah. when did that land? And what was that thought, that thought process like? Yeah, I think when I got my... Like when I was in urgent care, the ER, whatever it was in Hawaii, I got my neck brace and they told me that I had it for six weeks. And that's when I was kind of like starting to do the math because that was January. That was like January 10th or something like that. I was like, okay. My first thought was like NCAAs and like Pac-12s, like, will I be good for that? And like, okay, now I'm just going to do like, I went straight into like, well, how am I going to stay in shape and how am I? gonna you know be able to compete at pack 12s which was silly looking back now but I was definitely like okay I have six weeks I have like seven or eight weeks until pack 12s like maybe I can kick maybe I can turns out that wasn't really happening because with a neck like I couldn't really do much because I risked if I moved at all or did anything really with my upper body or jump in the pool the wrong way, even feet first or climbing down. And it's just one little thing. And, you know, I'm looking at like a spinal fusion or some sort of surgery on my neck or spinal cord injury or anything like that. And so that I kind of figured that stuff out. I went and saw a doctor at UCSF, uh, Dr. Tay, he's awesome. Um, And he was kind of walking me through these things of like, I had painted the picture in my mind of like, oh, I can just kick with a snorkel with my hands by my side. Like I'll be in shape, but like even things like that, like wearing the snorkel, breathing too hard, like for whatever reason hurt my neck. So I couldn't even do that. I couldn't like the one he said I could do after two weeks, he said not to do anything for two weeks to get my body to heal was I could sit on a stationary bike with my hands by my side and do that. So that's what I did. Um, and that whole process of like that six weeks where I was like, I'm not doing much at all is when it sunk in. I don't know if it was one moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, trials. I think it was the whole time where I was like, 
scrambling to try and be in shape, scrambling to, I don't know, do whatever I could, which wasn't much, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and trials was, uh, what was your trials experience like? Yeah. So I ended up going, coming back home to Southern California, uh, after the college season. Um, I just couldn't do school and do as much PT and everything. Like I needed my parents, honestly, to like do my laundry and cook for me. And I couldn't look down at a laptop or a book. Like I had to really take everything back and just kind of swim and do like, I went to PT like four times a week for like an hour, just like kind of trying to get my range of motion, trying to do all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was my like March, April, May, and then trials was in June. Um, and kind of leading up to trials, like I didn't get my neck brace off and I was good to swim. There was a lot of a little progression and then I would regress and then progress and regress. And okay, now I can't dive for another month. Okay. I could dive now. I can't anymore. Okay. Now fly is like really triggering my neck. And so my shoulders are feeling bad now and all that kind of stuff. It was just kind of, I had no idea really how my body was going to react to anything I would do in training. And so that was pretty hard because I think my, I think like the bone healed, I was healed, but my nervous system had just had like a trauma. So navigating that with the, okay, trials is now in three months. Okay. Now it's in two months. Okay. Now it's in one month. I don't feel like I'm in shape, but I need, you know, like that kind of thing was tough. And I feel like I gave myself the best opportunity I could going into trials. I felt like there wasn't really much else I could have done. I I mean, I obviously was disappointed with how it went. Like I, I don't know. I raced well, like looking back now, I was in the final of two free and then had a two fly semi like 30 minutes later. And I don't know. I don't know if I could do that now, to be honest. I mean, I maybe could, but I was pretty hardcore, but I think, yeah, trials is pretty tough because I obviously I had had the success the years leading up. And that was kind of my trajectory of my career was to go to Rio and get to race. And when that didn't happen, I didn't initially I didn't do a very good job of like having perspective and having giving myself like being proud of what I had accomplished I remember at trials, so many people were like, well, it's amazing how far you've come, like what you're doing. And I'm like, that's not, thank you for thinking that, but that's not how I feel. I'm not really, now I'm proud of what I had done then. But in the moment I was like, that was embarrassing. Like I was supposed to make that. And yeah. It's uh, when you go to a world or an Olympic games and, or you get to through the trials process and you don't perform the way you want to. Um, I've seen it decade over decade. It, sometimes yeah. it can completely demolish a career mm-hmm. or you see athletes go through years of depression and a slow build back. How would you characterize your experience post 2016? Yeah, I think I feel really lucky that after 2016, I had the college season to then kind of think about 
Um, after trials, I didn't take a break because I just really wasn't in a place where I felt physically that was the best thing. I stayed down in Mission Viejo and I just trained like I am and backstroke and stuff. And I swam at Futures and did like backstroke and I am, which was fun. And I was like, actually like swimming from a place of like, this is fun. Like, let's see what I can do instead of a, I have to do this or I have to prove this. It was just kind of like, no, I'm going to go train some backstroke and just, you know, see what happens. And then I had the college season to kind of get me back into the swing of things. And yeah, I mean, I think that after trials, I don't think it was like the summer after that was necessarily very hard. I think it was after the college season when it became time for world trials again. I think that was the time in my career where I struggled the most. I think I wasn't really having fun. I felt pressure. I was like, okay, now I'm like back. I'm not injured anymore. Like I have to make this. Um, and I hadn't really had many good, like 200 flies. I just like, didn't really feel like myself. I wasn't having very much fun and not make, I didn't make the team obviously in 2017 either. I went to WUGS. Um, you did well at WUGS. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. I think like, I definitely learned a lot that summer because WUGS that year was like the end of August. So I kind of had a long year and I think I swam a lot of races I got to do a 50 fly which was pretty fun that was really a treat I made the team in the 100 fly so I got to do the 50 then and then I think like with how numbers worked out or whatever they graciously granted me the opportunity to swim the two fly even though I hadn't qualified in it that wasn't necessarily a shining moment in my career I don't think I went very fast but you know what I tried out there but you, you, yeah, I, I think I, we have to, we have to say you went at two thirteen. Yeah, I did. And it wasn't really pretty and I knew it, you know, I knew what was going on and I was like, I definitely was not stoked to have added that one in. I think, you know, from I was young, when I was young, 2013, 2014, 2015, the two fly was kind of my thing. And I feel like 2016 and 2017 was kind of the time where I was like, okay, I need this to fly to like come together. And I also felt like at that time, if the two fly didn't come together, the rest of my swimming, it didn't matter. In my eyes, I was not a successful swimmer. And that is not, wasn't true, but that's how I felt. And so I kind of, that's kind of why I've been had distanced myself from the two fly since then is there's so many other things that I can swim and I don't need this one event to prove that I am back or I'm a good swimmer or like I'm working hard or whatever it was. That was everything to me, that one event. And I think just, I like mentally just can't get past that. And I haven't swam it in a while. And I don't know if taking a break will help or if I'm just have new strengths now, I'm definitely a different person now than I was when I was 16 or 17. Just, that's just how the world works. But um, yeah. Did, 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 did the injury change the way you swim body position, your feel for the water? I don't know. I, it definitely changed the way I trained because like just a bunch of little things, like 
I couldn't do, I can't in the weight room, there's still things I can't do. Like I can't hang from a bar puts too much tension on my neck or for a couple of years when we would do suited practices, I wouldn't suit up because wearing a suit for whatever reason would like pull on my traps, which would pull on my neck. And if I'm not at a meet, it's not worth having to recover for days after. And, you know, my nervous system is a little more sensitive. Like if something like I have some like shoulder things, I've had like two shoulder surgeries since this. And I think like that kind of has changed the way I've trained. I don't know necessarily. My strokes have definitely evolved. I don't know if it's because of my injury or because I've learned more, my body's changed or what, but yeah. Yeah, it would, I would think so. I would, I would think it, it, it has clearly changed the way you swim. It, it, you had yeah. to adapt. You had to adapt because yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, anytime you injure yourself, it's your, 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 your compensating for it. Always. You're always compensating 2000, yeah. 2018. Um, talk to me about it because if it feels like two, you know, pan packs, you came back and, and you were, you were, there was some excitement in the editorial room at swim swam. It's like, uh, Hey, we need to keep our eye on Katie. Yeah. 2018 was like, really great. That was like my junior year at Cal. I think like that year I kind of, I was like, got to be a captain on my team and I felt like I had more ownership in my swimming. And I like kind of just started enjoying it again, training wise. And I think that showed that summer. Um, yeah. Like when I got second in the hundred fly at nationals, which got me to Pampax and also ended up taking me to worlds too. That was just like, I felt like I had finally like broke through like the setbacks and like, I felt like I wasn't like climbing up the mountain anymore to be like, no, like, come on. Like it just, I feel like it just took like that one race to kind of give me like confidence again. And also for it to be not in the 200 fly, but something else like just, it kind of gave me like validation of like, okay, no, like maybe my swimming success wasn't on the timeline I wanted. It didn't show up in 2016. It didn't show up in 2017 as much as I wanted it to, but it kind of gave me like a, okay, but that doesn't mean that like all the work I put in these past couple of years, like adjusting for my injury and figuring things out, like wasn't just for nothing. Like I finally felt like I like made it through past that all. So two things happened in 18 that it was that 57 51 hunter fly when you when you got second mm-hmm. that was that was a that was an eye-popping swim it's like that's good you notched a great swim there your 200 free was um you were 158 at, at nationals uh mm-hmm. you were 156 uh what did you got you were 156 in, in at pan packs but on the relay you were 155 four big relay swim yeah. was that a was yeah. that an aha moment like oh you need me. I'm the lightning on the relay. It, was that a, was that a, was that a jolt of confidence? Yeah, for sure. I think at nationals, the 200 free was before the hundred fly. And well, the way the meet worked was the first day I swam the two fly hundred free. I did both, which was tough. Neither of them two fly. Wasn't great. I think I was maybe 210, 211. It was like, I was like, all right, I maybe shouldn't have done that, but I tried Hunter free was pretty good. I think I was 54 or something. 54. Um, 
Yeah. I think I maybe like won the B final or something like that. And I was like, okay, that was like pretty decent. Then the next day was the two free and I just didn't have a great morning swim and just mentally I didn't get over it by finals. And, but that whole year, I think the hundred fly was something I like had focused on and was like really excited about. Cause that was the first year I swam at NCAAs my sophomore year. I swam the 500 instead of the hundred fly. So I put a little more emphasis there and that was something I was looking forward to at nationals. And that swim, I think gave me confidence that like, I can switch this around and like somehow in two weeks go three seconds faster in my 200. Um, yeah, I think like just having confidence and being back, like, instead of feeling like I needed to prove something, it was more of like, okay, I did this. Now I can just go race. Like I made it. Now I'm just going to go race instead of the pressure of like, you haven't done it. Like you, you know, just that whole, whole, that whole thing. So I think, yeah. And then just, I love relays and I don't really know. I like to look at it as like, that's my swimming and my individuals need to like meet that instead of like a, Oh, but your relay just, where did that? And like, I definitely feel that sometimes at that meet, I was like, Whoa, 155. Like here I went. And I don't know. Relays are just so much more fun. I like that you start not at the exact same time as someone. It's kind of fun to just like, it's a little game, you know, like I just have to trust my swimming and not look at people around me and be like, oh, well, this is the pace we're starting at or like whatever. I don't know. It's fun to race. And that was a race we needed. Like we were a little behind when I got in. So I had in my mind, I was like, okay, I might as well go. And I think I went out in like 55 or something like that, which is a little spicy, I will say. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was fun. Definitely gave me confidence and reminded me like that I do like these relays and that's like a role I could be on the national team. It's like a relay swimmer. And yeah. Pampax was a weird national team trip. Uh, I think the, the, there was a short turnaround. A lot of athletes complained that the time change was, was, was a little bit funky. They needed more time on the lead up. Uh, but you performed a lot of people didn't perform, but you did perform. And uh, that had to be a big confidence boost. It feels like from, you know, after your injury, 17 to 18 is re- where it's like, okay, Katie's back. Talk to me about uh, Worlds in Guangzhou in 2019. How'd you feel? Yeah, that was great. That was also coming off. Like, my, that was my first, like, pro meet, I guess. And I had just come off NCAAs um, in 2019. And I felt like I just had the most fun ever that year, my senior year with my team. And we had just like crushed it at NCs and I had some pretty good short course swims, which I really tried to be a short course swimmer. And for whatever reason, it never, the pieces didn't really come together fully. I think I had some shining moments here and there, but um, yeah, I kind of, I had some good swims at NCs and that gave me a lot of confidence going into 2019 and getting to, I, I, this sounds silly, but like the weather changes and it's warm and fun. And I was like, okay, now I'm like a pro. Like I got to do all these graduation things. Like I felt like I was just having a lot of like fun and enjoying 
life in general. And yeah, I was, so I was super excited going into worlds. And I knew before that, that it was important to me to have a good 200 freestyle before going to the meet. So I could put my name in the hat uh, to be on that relay. And ultimately all I can do is put up something to get my name in the conversation. And I'm lucky that the coaches gave me an opportunity and um, yeah. And you get to anchor the four by two. Anchor is nice. Yeah, it was crazy. I, and I didn't swim the prelim one either. And I was like, I knew I could do well. Cause I had just like done my best time in the hundred fly a couple of days before. And like, I love that relay. I'm going to do my very best. And like a month or two before I had swum like my best time ever. I went like one fifty six four or something like that. Like unrested, just kind of out of Santa Clara meet, like, sure. I'll just, I guess I'm doing that today. So I, I felt confident, but it was really awesome to like have the responsibility that the coaches felt confident in me. Um, and I didn't like, obviously I had been proving myself, but they just were like, no, we believe you can do this. You're going to be the anchor. Like we have Katie was sick and I needed to step up. And I mean, I did my very best. I, we got second and I was in a really good race at the end. And not that I like blame myself, but I wish I had a little more in there at the end. Um, but yeah, it was a huge honor, honestly, to get to anchor that relay and just be on it really. And yeah. You were on 2019 worlds. It was great for you. Personal best year. It was, a, you were 57, two, three in the hundred fly. You anchored in a one fifty five three six. It was a new American record. Um, so it's like you went from this injury to this nice ramp up to 2019. Then we're coming into, to, to the 2020, uh, Olympic mm-hmm. trials. Of course we we're, we're dealing with the pandemic, but you have an injury in the weight room. What was the injury? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In December of 2019, I had like sublux or dislocated my shoulder. I honestly, I don't even know. I don't think I dislocated, but whatever. I had a bad shoulder thing and I, it wasn't anything bad enough to like pull myself out. And, you know, this happened like right before the American Derby at ISL, like two days before. So I had to pull out from that and I kicked for a couple of weeks. And right before we went to finals in Vegas, that was like my first couple of days of swimming again. And I had no really strength in my shoulder. I had like, I couldn't like streamline very well. Like nothing was really working, but I was like, you know what? We have trials coming up. We are just going to ignore that shoulder issue. It wasn't great. I mean, like. I swam at Des Moines and it was not good. Not, it wasn't my worst meet, but that wasn't quite where I wanted to be. Um, yeah. And I just kind of knew my shoulder wasn't really in a place I wanted it to be. Um, but I wasn't really giving that the time of day. Cause I didn't have time. I was like, you know what, whatever is wrong with the shoulder is going to be what's wrong with the shoulder. I got to focus. So Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and I had a shoulder surgery a couple, like in June of that year. Um, and this sounds like silly to say, but like having to get the time to like 
have that surgery and like recover without the stress of trials was like such a blessing. Like I feel really mixed because I do not wish a pandemic on the world at all, but that's like a tiny little win was like, I could actually like slow down and take care of my health. And I think that's like something that's important in general, just to like, remember is like just your health and not necessarily physical, but like, I feel like during the pandemic, a lot of people got to like work on their mental health and or realize that it's important to think about it and or things like that. Um, yeah. It, it, um, it feels like the universe balanced out for you because the injury, mm -hmm. the, the neck injury was that that's catastrophic. And, uh, yeah, so you, you, what, what, what you, you had this coming and it's, uh, a lot of athletes have, have said, have, have answered the way you've answered in terms of like, you know, I needed that year. I needed the pandemic year. I needed it. I, di I didn't know that dry land would make me a faster athlete or I needed another year to develop. So don't feel guilty about that. It's, it's uh, I, I don't think anyone's going to judge you for that. It, it, it worked out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. here's the thing you, you've, you've, you've developed this, this, this 200 free. You, it's, this is like, a, this is a sharp knife and uh, you stepped up at, at the Olympic games and you delivered. Um, how, how did the race feel? T tell me what was that experience like? Yeah, that was crazy. I honestly don't remember much. I remember like a couple things in that race. Well, okay. First I remember trials was like kind of okay. I was like, my time is fine. Like, I'm not stoked about this. I had had some, like uh, my other shoulder kind of went a little whack, like the couple weeks leading up to that. And I had like a frozen shoulder situation and like that whole year, really, I was like kicking for a week, swimming for two weeks. And I felt like I had some of the timing down, like I could kind of manage it and trials just didn't fit into there. Like I wanted it to, I, so my 200 free there, I was just not, I was a little unimpressed with myself. I was obviously stoked. My dreams had come true. Like, but I felt mixed. I was like, I wanted a little more, like, I hope I can get to Tokyo and perform like I need to. I don't think I necessarily was like, I wish I had the, had gotten second or I wish I had made it in something else. I think I, that was more of a place of like, okay, that wasn't really what I needed to be able to get to Tokyo and give team USA what I need to bring. I think that's where I was. So after the prelim swim at Tokyo, when I went, I think 56 from the swing, it felt like that was like the best. It felt so good. By the end, I was like, wow. Okay. I'm either like going 201 because this is so like smooth and chill or the pieces are getting put together. So luckily I went fast and got earned my spot, um, on the finals relay. And that was crazy. That was the most nervous I've ever been for a race. And yet the most like excited and the most like proud I was to get to race. And I remember diving in and this has never happened to me in a race, but I couldn't feel my hands for the first like 75. And I think that I was just probably not, I probably wasn't breathing very much before the race because I was so nervous and excited or that's my own theory. I'm not a doctor. I don't really know the <laughs> anything really, but yeah, I couldn't feel my hands the first like bit of the race. And I'm like, okay, I better be pulling water or something. And 
then I remember before the, like right at the hundred mark, the Australians were next to us. And like, I breathed to my right and they were on our left. And I like look underneath the water, like look over to see where they were. And I was like, what was that Katie? You don't do that. Like you're about to turn in like five yards and see them. Like, why did you feel the need to like peek underwater? I coach high school kids and they're always on turns, like looking at each other and breaststroke, like looking up. And I'm always like, stop, like just stay in your own lane. Like, right. And here I am in the middle of the relay, like looking underwater to see where they were. I don't, I immediately did that and was like, Katie, but it ended up being okay. And I just remember that last like turn being like, okay, I gotta go. Like, I don't know, do everything you can. Like it doesn't matter after how you're going to feel because you have a break. So just give everything every last little bit. And I remember my last stroke being like, thank God I couldn't do one more right there. So yeah, that was an awesome race. And I went third and Katie was after me and I like ran the best I could from the like, end. we have to get out on back to behind our block <clears throat> to like cheer on Katie and watch. And my run wasn't really a run because my body was filled with lactic acid, but I was like getting over there as fast as I could. I was like, I need to see this. Like I need to get back there. And that was crazy. Yeah. Well, you're an Olympian, Olympic medalist <laughs> for the rest of your life. And you didn't have to, but you just outed yourself as the female Chad LeClow. <laughs> Chad and Ray, you only did it once. Chad LeClow will do it a dozen times. So yeah, yeah it works for him though, somehow. So maybe it worked for you. Maybe it was good. Yeah, honestly, maybe that did give me a little boost. I don't know. <laughs> when, when did you sign with Speedo? Uh, after trials. Nice. Congrats. That's, you know what there's, I think you're checking a few boxes and Olympian Olympic medalist, speedo athlete, team speedo. Those are, those are, those are the right boxes to check. So since you are a speedo athlete, I have to ask you, what is your make waves moment? I think too, I think definitely that me, that race at nationals in 2018, the hundred fly, when I finally felt like I got back onto the national team and I finally like made it through. I think that gave me a lot of confidence to, you know, like the sport again and be able to swim fast again. And, you know, that made me want it more instead of like feeling like I was wanting it, but it wasn't working. So like, why do I want it then? If it's not, you know, I feel like that gave me the confidence to be like, no, I can want this. Like I can do it. Like I can achieve what I want and I can race and I can have fun while doing it. So that was definitely one. And I think another one is when the pandemic began, I started coaching a club up here in the Bay area, North Bay aquatics, um, over in Marin. And I think that has given me so much more to my swimming than my own swimming has given my swimming, if that makes any sense. But I feel like you know, as a pro, I had a hard time not being on the team anymore and not having, I'm lucky that I get to train with the Cal team and Terry and everything. And it's just a little different, not getting to go race with them and really feed into like, I'm contributing to something bigger. Um, and I struggle with that. That was something that was really tough and, you know, getting to coach the high school kids, I feel like I'm like making an impact and, they have so much energy and excitement for the sport that 
I really value and, you know, I'm 24 and I've been in the sport a while that sometimes all that kind of gets a little bit lost, the excitement or doing something new or like getting to watch them go faster in practice than they've gone or, oh, maybe I can race this stroke or, oh, I'm a hundred backstroker. Let me try the 200. And, you know, having that kind of energy just like gave me energy in my swimming and gave me like more of a purpose. Like I can go make an impact on some high school kids and they're making an impact on me. And that's something that's makes me want to keep swimming and helps me enjoy it. So, yeah. On that note, how long do you want to swim? How, how, how long are you going to be competitive at a pro level? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I feel like I can't give myself a time because I don't want to be like, well, I committed to another cycle. Now I have to do it. I think I'm coming more from a place of I'm still enjoying it. I'm still learning. My body is still complying with what I'm trying to do. Um, and that's kind of where I'm going with it. I think if I force myself into this is what I want, I'm like pretty detail oriented that I couldn't, it would be hard for me to like veer off from that. If I were like, after this year, I'm moving on. It would be hard for me to be like, no, I like a plan. So not having a plan makes me just like actually have to like be real with myself with where I'm at. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? That, that makes sense. It, 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 it so you didn't me. get an answer there. So no, that's a, that's a fair answer. I like that answer. It's uh, okay. I, but I'll push you a little bit more on it. I, I, you know, my understanding is that you're pretty close with Abby Weitzel and, and Kathleen Baker. So Maybe, maybe all three of you will make this decision. You'll check in with each other each year. You know, how close are you? How, how would that process work? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we definitely are really close. It's cool. Cause with Flynn and Abby, like we all went to our first like national team trip together in 2014 and we all went to Cal together. So yeah, it would naturally make sense that we all continue swimming together, but no, I think everyone's like in a different place and who knows, but yeah, it is fun to be on team speedo with them also, because, you know, I've had such a cool journey in my swimming career with them and with a couple of my other friends too, that it's cool to just keep doing more things together. And, you know, Kathleen's getting married and I get to be in her wedding this spring, which is really cool. And we're going to her bachelorette weekend coming up here soon. And you know, it's like things like that, that make it really special that swimming has brought us together. And, um, yeah, I feel really lucky for them. And that's definitely having people like them and my other friends in the sport are like something that makes me want to keep swimming too, is I get to be around people like this. And, you know, it's funny because we're all swimmers and I feel like we never really talk about swimming. Like, I talk to them every single day and it's never like, well, obviously Abby and I train together. So we know what we're doing in practice, but I'm never like, Oh, Kathleen, guess what I did in practice today? Like whatever. It's like, Oh, Kathleen, I just got this puppy. Like here's a picture or whatever. Like that is kind of what I find a lot of value in with those friendships that, you know, they get the swimming and yeah, it's not like all about swimming or yeah. You're a doggo mom. You got a doggy. Yes. What, what did you get? Yeah. Ooh. uh she's an english cream retriever she's like 10 weeks old now yes she's cute she's fun she's a lot of work but she's fun 
I should have looked at your Instagram. You probably have her on your Instagram. Uh, what, what is your handle? Yeah. So if we want to follow you, how do we follow you on Instagram? Yes. My Instagram is Katie McLaughlin 21. I used to change the number by my age, but I stopped at age 21. So I guess I'm 21 forever, but yeah, Katie McLaughlin 21. All right. Final question. And then I'll let you go. What is in your speedo bag intent or valor and why? Uh, I personally like the valor. Um, and I like a clothes back one. I that's like my favorite suit of all time. I've tried the intent and I like it. Um, I just love the valor. The valor has a little less like compression and I feel like I can like actually just like move and swim and the suit, like, I don't even really notice it's there. It's like helping me, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I don't like the feeling of being like sucked into my suit. I want to be able to like move and like feel the water a bit. So I feel like it's like the perfect balance of like giving me that little extra boost because it's a tech suit, but I also still feel like myself when I'm swimming. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.